The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors Morgan Wood and Bree Wood to discuss this week's major stories. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Morgan and Bree, welcome back. Glad to be back, Ramses. Hey. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. A busy week, man. We, we got through the midterms, didn't we? Ooh, yes, did we, we did. The Super Bowl no, of politics. No, no more ads. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> except right. in Georgia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I well, approve that method. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a yeah. second. First and foremost, <laughs> let's talk about Elon Musk. All right. So Elon Musk launched his new blue verification uh, for the checkmark for Twitter. And Facebook's parent company, Meta, fired 11,000 employees. Uh, so we definitely need to talk about what's going on in the world of social media. So why don't we start with you, Bree? Yeah, well, you know, the new Twitter blue, uh, which now, by the way, is costing people $7.99. Um, it gets you a blue verification check mark, regardless of who you are. So mm. whereas it used to be just a celebrity thing, now it is an everybody thing if you're willing to pay the price. Um, it is officially available now. I believe it's on iPhones and iPads exclusively right now. Um, but Elon Musk, you know, he's been hyping it for a while, basically right after he took over uh, the company at the end of October. And, um, you know, he promised these features like verification and priority and replies, mentions and searches. And if you sign up for the service, allegedly it's half as many ads. I don't have the service. I don't see myself paying $7.99 per month for a blue check. But um, right now, for people who are subscribed to that package, uh, their account is instantly adding that check to it. Mm-hmm. And um, they're saying that the new the other benefits are not available yet. But support the support page is overloaded with information, um, basically saying only accounts subscribed to Twitter blue on iOS on or after the date of November 9th are eligible for that check mark. So they don't know when that is going to be available for users on Android uh, Twitter web or in countries where it wasn't already available. Um, and if you have an account, if you don't have an account and you just created one, you're not eligible to sign up at all at this time, according to uh, Twitter. So, 
you basically have had to have an account established in order to even use this service. And um, I think it's just all a part of a bigger collapse, especially when you talk about Facebook um, and the parent company laying off more than 11,000 employees. Basically, Mark Zuckerberg told his employees that he made bad decisions when it came to investments mm-hmm. and um, basically betting on the future of e-commerce. And he takes full responsibility for that. Yeah. So he said next year's focus is going to be on a small number of high priority growth areas. And, uh, you know, investors basically after they heard that they were spooked and they said the company shares like declining more than 71 percent. And uh, that's been since the beginning of the year. And the stock is now trading at the same levels it was in 2015. Wow. So, yeah, employees laid off uh, are receiving, though, four months salary of severance plus two weeks for every year that they've been with the company. So it's not a complete loss for them, but definitely uh, devastating, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Morgan, what are your thoughts? Well, Brita's covered everything. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> I, when it uh, just going back to uh, Twitter Blue. Um, I, I want to say I heard somewhere that uh, this in the grand scheme of it is supposed to uh, help control or eliminate, reduce the bot accounts, which, you know, I find that to be okay. That's a, that's a, that's a good thing. But on the other hand, you know, having a verification um, and and just being able to purchase one, I just find that to be a little, um, I don't even have the word for it. It's just, uh, it's losing its, well, I, some people say it's losing its exclusivity. Right. I would agree with that. Yes. That would be a good way to put it. It's just not, yeah, mm, it just doesn't give me. <laughs> it just doesn't give me the urge to go tweet anymore. And I mean, I right. didn't have a blue verification check um, in the first place, but I will tell you, I have. Uh, I have tried to get one um, multiple times, and now at this point, it's like I'm not going to pay for one. So yeah. yeah, but I will say I am fascinated to see um, how this does because in that package, Bree, you also can um, edit your tweets, and I know we have oh, been yeah. asking for a long time to be able to that edit Twitter edit button. For yeah, sure. So those who uh, will subscribe to that package will be able to um, go back and uh, fix your tweet. But, you know, we'll see how that how that goes. I'm curious to see what type of um, accounts will sign up for that type of package. As far as uh, Facebook is concerned, bad decisions being made with investments. I mean, I just think that goes to show with uh, where we're at right now, um, economically high inflation. Uh, mm-hmm. We're looking at the possibility of a recession in the, in the coming year um, layoffs, mass layoffs are starting to be announced across uh, multiple companies. So this just is, I just find that um, Facebook is just taking the brunt of that. And unfortunately when you have um, a company that has been so, uh, so big, so vast, constantly growing. And now we're at a space where, you know, social media is now looking like, mm, I don't know, looking at Twitter, like, mm, I don't know. And um, even, Instagram, you know, they're they not, say, getting, I'm sorry, go ahead. Mo. Well, basically social media is not getting the best rap that it, you know, it used to get and people we're not rushing to, to post like we used to. It's just right. the, the, the sense of it is just kind of falling to the wayside. What were you going to say, Brie? Yeah, I was just going to say, like you you touched on um, inflation, and that is a big thing that people are concerned about, which we just you know noticed in the midterm elections. Right. That was one of the biggest issues, if not the biggest in many states. Plus, with social media, that's probably leading to lower advertising revenues for some tech companies. If you take a look at the stories that are being posted, it's not just Twitter and Facebook that are, also, that are being affected, but lots of these tech companies that popped up during the pandemic right. and were doing mass hiring. For people working from home and things like that, they are laying off people by the thousands as well. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I just think they were not expecting the crash that is happening right now um, due to the economy. You know, there's there's another piece of this uh, puzzle. Um, I actually was having a conversation with uh, Isaac Hayes III um, on my show Civic Cipher, which will be out this weekend. Uh, if you want to check that out, civiccipher.com. But um, Isaac Hayes III uh, is the son of the Isaac Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also created a social media um, app uh, and it's black owned. It's called Fanbase. So he has some interesting thoughts on this and Fanbase, just so I can say it. I, I love Fanbase. I, I use Fanbase. That's where it's at. But anyway, uh, he was telling me something. And, and I think that um, listening to the two of you talk, uh, it it kind of like gelled in my mind. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh named his company meta he switched the name right yeah and then he created the metaverse right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. let's pretend like apple creates the apple verse is google going to support the apple verse no they, they'll just make their own right um and so by cre- creating uh the metaverse and then naming it that naming his company meta um, he felt like he didn't get a lot of the other tech companies to support uh, that endeavor and to kind of retool a lot of their um, offerings to kind of st- be streamlined to work with the metaverse. And I remember reading an article, it was just a headline, and I don't know how accurate this is. It might have been an Onion article for all I know, but it said something like, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg spent like $800 billion on the metaverse and, you know, as of yesterday, there were only 34 people logged in or something crazy like that. Right. So, you know, this is uh, absolutely he, he it, for all the people that he had to lay off. I'm sure he did have to apologize because he was really back in that horse. Um, and, you know, there's some decisions that when you think about them in hindsight, it's like, yeah, it's kind of tough to expect Apple to, you know, get on board with the metaverse. If meta is not their company, they could just make their own Appleverse if they if they so chose. And so. Um, him expecting his company to be the 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 home base of the internet um, when uh, rebranding was what might have been a bit of an error, and of course the uh, the the check mark thing is as you, as you mentioned it it makes it less exclusive, so it's a little less special. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Black Information Network news anchors Morgan Wood and Bree Wood are here with us discussing this week's major stories. Moving on. Um, NBA star Kyrie Irving is suspended by the Brooklyn Brooklyn Nets over his social media comments related to a documentary that many people view as an anti-Semitic film. Morgan, give us your thoughts first. Yeah, so uh, Kyrie, he apologized for um, a social media post this uh, that promoted the film. Um, and in his apology, um, or after his apology, the Nets did decide to suspend him for five games. He games, excuse me. He also has to go through, I believe it's a uh, six anti-hate tasks that he has to complete before being allowed to return to the court and play. Um, um, I believe some of those things were, um, he has to talk with, uh, he has to meet with, um, anti-defamation, um, league Brooklyn's, uh, Jewish leaders. He has to go through, uh, anti-hate training, sensitivity training. He also needs to, um, donate half a million dollars to anti-hate groups. Um, and, um, in fact, I believe he made an attempt to donate $500,000 to the Anti-Defamation League, to which they said, uh, no, thank you, um, because you are not acting as if you're accountable for your actions. So, um, yeah, and not to mention uh, Amazon is also now starting to face backlash because they're still airing the 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 film. So there is, um, I'm sorry, is it Amazon, Netflix, Amazon, Amazon. Yes. Amazon, um, they're selling it, that uh, movie that he posted. Yeah. So, um, you know, Kyrie is no stranger to being outspoken. He stood his ground when it came to the whole um, COVID vaccine and not wanting to be vaccinated. And he took, you know, his licks that came along with that, whether it be um, not being able to play in Brooklyn because the 
rules in New York at the time were that you had to be vaccinated in order to even be in an, an arena. So it's not um, far fetched or it's not we're not new to this with Kyrie standing his ground and saying things that, you know, he he believes. Now, what is a little bit new to me is um, the fact that he apologized. Um, um, but I also think that he's playing um, the long game. And he doesn't want to, you know, miss out on too many more checks than he did last year sitting out on the bench. So with that being said, I, 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 I guess he's playing nice and, uh, you know, he's apologizing. So um, as far as this is concerned, it's coming on the heels of Kanye and the things that he's been saying anti-Semitic. So I just think it's best that is one of those just we should just keep our mouth shut. And it's, just, it's, it's tricky. Just get quiet, guys. Shh, shh, shh. Don't say anything else. It's Speaking okay. of getting quiet, Bree, uh, you've been pretty quiet. Talk to me. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to make sure uh, Morgan got all of her points out and just pig- piggyback off of what she had to say, because, well, the movie that he was watching, he tweeted a link originally back on October 27th. It was called Hebrew to Negroes. Yeah. Wake up black America. So for him, I thought that he was coming from the perspective of the points that he was taking from the documentary that he felt pertained to black people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a 2018 film. But the rest of the film, some people feel, was driven by anti-Semitic tropes about Jewish people uh, lying about their origins. And that is what the Jewish people are disagreeing with, that the entire rest of the documentary they're saying is just outlandish in their opinion. And also, I believe they said, um, I've not seen it, but that there is some assertion that the Holocaust was not real. And, you know, you can't if you say that, then it's over. Um, So what Kyrie did do, though, um, although he would not apologize, I believe he had a press conference not too long after that. And he was asked about it and he did not say outright, I am not anti-Semitic. And so they kind of took that and ran with it and made it seem as if that was solidifying the fact that they think he's anti-Semitic. But later he took to his I believe it was his Instagram page or Twitter And he did tweet an apology. And just part of it, he said, I posted a documentary that contains some false anti-Semitic statements, narratives and language that were untrue and offensive to the Jewish race and religion. I take full about full accountability and responsibility for my actions. And he has said to all Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I'm deeply sorry to have caused you pain. And I apologize. But as Morgan stated, that was not enough. They came up with a list of things for him to do aside from that apology. And it's interesting, interesting because I spoke about it a little bit in entertainment coming from the perspective of Nick Cannon. If you recall, Nick Cannon had his own issues with the Jewish community based off of some comments that he made, I believe it was last year where they removed him from, was it his radio show? His radio show, Wild and Out. I mean, everything. Yes. So he had to go through that whole thing as well, where he had to sit down and, you know, talk to leaders in the Jewish community and just kind of listen to why his perspective might not be 100% true, okay? But Nick was recently um, showing support for Kyrie. Basically, after um, his five-game suspension was announced, he did a show where he was, um, I believe it was a podcast, and he basically said uh, he can wholeheartedly say that he knows Kyrie Irving personally and that he's not anti-Semitic. He also referred to the term buck-breaking, which I thought was interesting, And the person he was speaking to, which was a white gentleman, did not know what that term meant. And he said, basically, he compared the six things that they're requiring Kyrie Irving to do to keep his job to a slave master, making an example of a, quote, troublemaker slave. You know what I'm saying? He's like, butt breaking. You're making an example out of this man to make sure that, hey, if you say something crazy, 
you know, this or something worse could happen to you. And he said, basically, Nick said that's dehumanizing to Kyrie. So he would completely understand if he didn't want to complete the rest of those tasks. But, um, you know, they also want him to meet with the ADL Jewish leaders, as well as Joe Sy, who was the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. So I haven't heard anything about whether or not Kyrie is going to comply with the rest of those requests. But um, Nick Cannon showing support for him, I could completely understand where he was coming from, because it does seem like Kyrie is kind of being ganged up on when really I don't think he was trying to be anti-Semitic at all. Absolutely. Yeah. You said that well put Brie. Well put not to mention, you know, now as a result of it, he's lost deals with Nike too. So, you know, Nike suspended his, their relationship with Kyrie and it's just, it seems like a a gross overreaction to a culmination of things that are happening all at once with the Jewish community. And so, yeah, this, this documentary, it, it might have some disgusting untrue things in it, but that does not mean the man was saying that, about the Jewish community. He was post posting it for what he related to out of the documentary. Yeah. His sound which affected his, black people, his piece of truth. And, you know, like you said, yeah, but they bypassed all that. <laughs> well, you know, coming off the heels of Kanye and everything, you know, maybe we're a little sensitive there. So maybe <laughs> a little tricky things are a little, you know, the ice uh, is it, thin. it feels like it feels like this time uh, in history, a lot of people are particularly sensitive and, and that's understandable. Um, but yeah. you know, the uh the truth is is that we're all here together for better or worse and we all got to figure it out together so hopefully we do just that black information network news anchors morgan wood and Bree wood are here with us discussing this week's major stories All right. So one of the biggest stories from Tuesday's midterm elections is the battle for the U.S. Senate in Georgia and the future of Stacey Abrams after losing her second bid to become Georgia's first black female governor. Uh, Let's talk about the latest on one or both of these stories. Bree, we'll start with you. Well, you know, I have to first commend Stacey Abrams for her grace in her concession speech. Very clear about the fact that she ran twice because she was interested in creating change in Georgia. Um, And I hope that some of the things that she ran on that uh, Governor Kemp will take into consideration. I mean, there are programs that people were looking forward to her getting started and outreach that she really did that could definitely um, help the citizens of Georgia. But, you know, it just didn't come across. And I really feel like it was a matter of reaching the non-voters and the undecided voter. People voting for Kemp, they were never changing their vote. Yeah, they were never they were never not going to vote for him. So I think her campaign should have been more focused on how do we reach the person that still is not sure? How do we reach the person that thinks they don't need to vote because it doesn't matter? And for some reason, it just did not translate uh, with the people of Georgia. So, um, you know, she conceded and she's going to do great things, I'm sure. You know, I don't think we've seen the last of Stacey Abrams at all. She may not run for this seat again. But we'll not see the last of her um, with this. Um, as you know, they're going into a runoff with Walker and Warnoff and December 6th. That will be, again, spotlight on Georgia to see who will, run, will win the uh, Senate race. So I think that's what most people are now concerned about in Georgia. I think everything else was a done deal. Sure, sure. Morgan, your thoughts? Yeah, so as you mentioned, Bree, in her um, concession speech, she did say, while I may 
not have crossed the finish line. That does not mean that I won't stop running for a better Georgia. And in my opinion, Georgia is just not a blue state. I mean, we we look at Georgia, you know, black people, we tend to look at Georgia and we Atlanta. see Atlanta. We yeah. see Atlanta and yeah. we see us. But Georgia is huge and there's so much more happening outside of Atlanta. And that's just why I feel like, okay, well, Georgia is just not a blue state. I mean, you have the likes of Stevie Wonder, Oprah, Kerry Washington, Tyler Perry supporting Abrams. And um, even if you didn't like her, maybe you would have gotten out to vote with the idea that change could happen. History could be made. A black woman could be elected governor. But it just wasn't enough. And it, it just makes me wonder why Georgia is just not a blue state. So I can't really pinpoint it, put my hand on it. And like you said, uh, Bree, um, those voters in Georgia who knew they wanted Kemp, they knew they wanted Kemp. They had their minds made up. Yes. I'm not sure if there's anything else that Stacey could have done um, because she's d now done this twice. So when it comes to the state of Georgia, I'm not sure if there's anything that she could have done. But like you said, I don't think this is the, you know, the last we will see from her. In oh, fact, no. I'd love to see her come head this way uh, to Washington, D.C. and get on, you know, some of these federal, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there's room in the White House. I don't know. But um, I would love to see her um, continue the work. You know, she's very passionate and, you know, it's OK, too, if she might want to take a break and write some more books or something. Right. I mean, <laughs> she's, the, she's, the author is extremely talented. So. Yes, there's a ton yeah, of things that she could do in other areas. So this is not I, I, I don't think this is the last we'll see of her, hear of her. But um. My takeaway from this is that Georgia right now is just not a blue state. It's just it's just not outside of know, Atlanta. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, you know, in many of the exit polls, just to note this, a lot of and I'm not going to say we're all the same, but black women, I count different than women of color. When I say women of color, I'm speaking of non-black women. Mm -hmm. And so these exit polls are showing that other races of women heavily voted Republican as well. We're not talking about the Latino community mm. and how a lot of the Latino community is very conservative. And so while we have the black support uh, behind majority behind a candidate like Stacey Abrams um, and Raphael Warnock, you've also got uh, groups of Latin American, you've got groups of Asians, uh, groups of Indian American people who are voting conservative. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't think that gets talked about enough uh, about how Republican, you know, hindsight is always 2020. And Chris and I uh, talked about this, our producer, Chris. Um, so I don't want to be unfair, but um, we've seen how Republicans strategically target those groups uh, mm. to the degree, to a degree that Democrats uh, do not. Uh, I think for Democrats, it's kind of assumed. And uh, that assumption leaves those other groups of color vulnerable to influence by uh, Republicans who are looking to court their votes. Um, and, you know, granted, they, they may be able to adjust platforms to, you know, appease certain communities or address certain issues, you know, that are um, or, or, or make a bigger deal 
out of issues uh, in terms of what it is that they're campaigning on to appeal to those communities. But I think most importantly is the fact that they actually go, they knock on the doors, they have the conversations, they find out the whys, those sorts of things. And, you know, uh, again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I know that um, I'm proud of Stacey Abrams. I know you both are. And I know I'm uh, anxious to see what the runoff election holds for us. So we're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, but for now, I'd like to thank you both once again for coming on to, uh, you know, uh, share your insight. Uh, once again, our guests are Black Information Network news anchors, Morgan Wood and Bree Wood. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And I'll be hosting another episode of Civic Cypher this weekend on a station near you. For stations, showtimes, and podcast info, check civiccypher.com. And join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.